Welcome to the Church Interpreting Podcast. I'm Jonathan Downey. And I'm Lauren Alviso. And on the show today... We are back from our holidays and we have a fantastic show for you this month. We'll both be talking about accuracy before Jonathan gives us a quick tip and we have an interview with Pastor Angelica from Tria Tucson Church. First up, let's hear Lauren's take on accuracy. Accuracy has always been very confusing for me because I feel like it's always defined differently. Like it changes from person to person, situation to situation. At least when I was in college, every professor had a different form of accuracy. So I was like, it's a personal choice, I think. Um, And to me, accuracy has been like a handful of sand. The more I try to hold on to it, the faster it slips out of my hand. And it's this never-ending balancing act to find the right amount of pressure before the pipe bursts. And I believe that accuracy is something that's based on what we focus on. And at first, I focused on the word, the definition of accuracy per se. So I looked it up. I was like, what does Merriam-Webster have to say about accuracy? And Merriam-Webster had three very distinct things to say. It said that accuracy was freedom from mistake and error, so correctness, that it was conformity to truth or to a standard or model, exactness, and that it was the degree of conformity of a measure to a standard or a true value, so precision, correctness, exactness, precision. These were all words for accuracy, and these are very distinct things that define the same word and I am again lost in a sea of uncertainty and like a good castaway I aimlessly drift away hoping to once again find land and a definition that I can work with. In college I had to read a book called Fundamentals of Court Interpretation and it talked about completeness and accuracy and it said the following. It said, in order to render a complete and accurate version of the source language message, the interpreter must conserve every single element of information that was contained in the original source language message. So in short, it was about make sure that you're keeping everything from the original message intact. That was their version of completeness and accuracy. And I said, that is awfully difficult, right? Because it left me even more confused because I thought all of the elements and now there's also this version of being exact, being precise. And it's this human standard that seems so complex And no wonder we continue arguing about what really is accuracy. How can we be accurate? Um, And it's very hard to be all three things at once. Like how well can an interpreter reach every one of these goals? How well can I stay completely truthful to what the original message say? 
And who determines what was important? What was the part that I did needed to not leave out? Is it determined by the speaker? Is it determined by the recipient? Is it determined by the interpreter themselves? And I realized, again, that it's this very fine element where you're often balancing things out. And sometimes you let go of one thing to preserve the other. And my goal was to satisfy the listeners of the message and stay truthful to what the speaker meant to say. And how did that transfer to church interpreting? Like, What is accuracy in a church interpreting world? Well, I personally believe that my accuracy is determined by God. And that's very hard to measure because I ask myself, is it God pleasing? And did I stay true to what God wanted to say? My goal when I am interpreting in church is to please God with my interpretation. Because if I want my words to be Holy Spirit inspired, then they need to be God-pleasing, right? Whenever something's Holy, Holy Spirit inspired, it will be God-pleasing. And this human standard is imperfect, but God's standards are perfect. Harder to reach, obviously, yes, but I have that aid, right? And I still have to measure my abilities according to my own limitations, which is why I always try to tell my interpreters to not get lost in just the words that are being said, but focusing on delivering the heart of the message being self. So I ask myself, do I preserve the contents of the preacher's message or God's message? But they should be one and the same. If a preacher is giving a message, it has to be from God. And if I'm aligned with God, then I have to be speaking his words. If we're all so aligned to what God is trying to say to his congregation, then the words will be God's message. And I don't have to question as to what contents I'm preserving. I will preserve the contents of the message being spoken right then and there. And I want to make sure God's word is what's understood. I don't want to be trapped in this hole of words instead of meanings, instead of heartfelt conversations of this is a message that God had for this house at this moment in time, right? And this isn't an original thought. It's it's about how accuracy works. And it's it's the way that we have been trying to explain it. You keep having all these words of like, this is what accuracy means until you put it into practice. That's when you start to really tweak and realize what accuracy is. I think Accuracy in church interpreting is about delivering the heart of God. When I align with the heart of God, I'll want what we ha- what he wants for his house, right? And so if I want what he wants for his house, I will deliver the words that he has for his house. And it will be the same experience for everybody receiving the word. That's why you align yourself with what the pastor is trying to say. You align yourself with what God is trying to say. Because then you'll be working for the kingdom, right? So how do I remain accurate? Um, That's one amazing tightrope act. 
we have to carefully balance one on top of the other to make sure we safely make it to the other side. You balance yourself with, with the preacher, with the speaker, all to make sure that you are reaching the other side safely. Knowing that you have a wonderfully good safety net in the grace of God. You have to maintain that register, that tone, that words. I want to echo the words of the preacher as he echoes the words of God. I don't want to dumb down what anything is saying because I know the reasons behind it. I don't get to change a message to fit my needs because my needs are imperfect. Measuring by my limitations means measuring myself by human standard. So it means knowing that the pastor said this in a joyful tone, so I'm going to say it in a joyful tone. And I'm matching that in terms of the way it was said, what was said, right? I will do my best to maintain an accuracy standard that cannot be maintained because human language is incredibly complex just as complex as its creators and accuracy will never be straightforward it's about calculating each one of these little micro decisions that we make as interpreters which word best matches the register which tone best matches the tone that the speaker is using and all these other choices need to ma be made, right? So if my choices doing the interpreting act did not align with God, then my interpreting was not accurate. And that's how I want to measure my accuracy. Let's talk about accuracy. Actually, let's not. I believe it's time to stop talking about accuracy. Most people, interpreters included, when they talk about accuracy, mean linguistic accuracy. So did the interpreter carry over or transfer what the speaker said? Did the interpreter get all the details? Did they get the grammar right and the numbers right? Now that stuff can be important. Interpreters don't have license to just make up what they're saying to, as if they can make up a sermon from scratch. But our traditional views of accuracy miss important things like tone of voice, the force or emotion of what was said, the anointing carried, the speech acts, what someone's trying to do with their words, and the response of those hearing. Accuracy places our loyalty firmly and irretrievably with the words or signs of the original speaker. But we have other loyalties too, as interpreters in church, we have a loyalty to God. We have loyalty to the audience. We need to create interpreting that people actually understand. We have loyalties to our profession, to our professional training, and to ourselves. We all know and we've experienced the fact that you can be accurate but boring. Accurate but flat and creating interpreting that's not going to get a response. You can be accurate but miss the mark. Accurate but use the wrong words for the specific context. Words like church, or meeting, or Eucharist, or communion. They matter. You see, every interpreter will admit, and every translator will admit, and the world will tell us that we can never communicate 100% of the potential meaning of what was said, as if we could do a kind of amplified Bible and commentary every time we interpret. We can't do that 
And arguably, our job isn't to do that. You see, when you interpret in church, something else is going on. My senior PhD supervisor, Professor Graham Turner, calls interpreting the negotiation of meaning. Though the meaning already exists perfectly in what the speaker said and the interpreter just has to pick it up and carry it over. No. According to Professor Turner, meaning is something actively negotiated in the interpreting process. And that's nowhere better seen than in church. In church, we negotiate meaning by watching how people respond and seeing if people are are responding to what we're saying. We negotiate meaning by revising how we interpret something based on what the speaker says next. I've even seen the negotiation of meaning live on stage as the interpreter stands next to the speaker and they work together to create meaning. You see, the problem is when we speak about accuracy, we put ourselves at the centre. Whenever we speak about accuracy, we make interpreting the sole job of the interpreter. And that's not how life is. When we realise that interpreting is the negotiation of meaning, with the preacher, with the congregation, and most importantly with the Holy Spirit, we're reminded that church interpreting requires teamwork, and that we never do it alone. We work with the preacher, the congregation, the Holy Spirit, even when we're working simultaneously, so that people understand together. We work through the power of the Holy Spirit to make sure that God's priorities come first in our interpreting. The reason that we should speak about accuracy isn't so much that accuracy is wrong, but that it puts the emphasis in the wrong place. And it creates unhelpful associations as if interpreters were machines who just produce something and don't need any help, don't need any any support, as if interpreting is something only done by the interpreter. It can never be that way, even remotely, even simultaneously. Interpreting depends and can only work where there's teamwork and cooperation. So the next time you interpret, don't put accuracy first. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do your best under the power of the Spirit and trust in God's ability to take words or signs and make them mean something. Realise that you're not alone. Realise that the job isn't just about you. Put your interpreting in the context of what God is doing in the service, what God is doing in the church. And start talking about teamwork and you doing your part as part of that team. So if we're going to talk about accuracy, let's stop talking about accuracy and start talking about more important concerns. And here's our mini-interview with Pastor Angelica from Triatus on Church. Angelica is the pastor of Triatuxon, a Hispanic church in Arizona, United States. Together with her husband, she presides over a bilingual congregation and strives to foster unity amongst her congregation. She is also a business owner, a mother of five, and a firm believer in the power of interpreting within the church. So I feel what led us to offer interpreting in our services was really seeing the need in families that not both couples 
first language is Spanish, um, really gave me a passion for this. I feel like there's a lot of couples that marry somebody that doesn't speak Spanish as a first language or English as a first language or simply their prayer or their Bible time is not in Spanish. They may grasp some of it, but really to fully digest and be able to understand the word, they are more comfortable in English because that was their first language. So I feel like even for me, um, when I first started going to church, it was a transition of English was my at that point my first language and then just being able to even have a bilingual bible at that point was my saving grace so i just feel like it's so important to be able to merge the two worlds together especially here in tucson we have tons of those families and even like the younger generation that maybe spanish isn't their first language there is a need for them to just really hear the word in their language and then um as far as how it benefits our church i feel like interpreting benefits our church in so many ways because it allows certain families that don't have a typical structure to come together and worship together and be in the same service together and then be able to go home and talk about the word talk about what they heard because they are able to grasp it to its max um, benefit in their lives and and to really just be able to have a conversation about what did you learn in the message? What did you what did God speak to you? How did you understand this? And just be able to bring those families even just a little bit deeper into their walk. Also, you know, with those kids that don't speak um, Spanish helps the parents to really say there's no excuse and also it helps you to invite anybody to church like hey I don't speak Spanish that's cool but you can still come because we have interpreting um so to me it just opens up a door and an avenue for other people for more people to hear the word of God um so it's just such a beautiful thing that we are able to offer this at our church or any church for that matter so my favorite example of how this impacts families or people is the impact that it does really have on families. And I think just being able to see, um, or even just a young couple, like we have a couple that recently got married in our church. She speaks Spanish and he doesn't. And they are just serving wholeheartedly and he's they're so connected, but he's being fed because he has translation. So I feel like it just really fills that that void or that lack of where if he was coming and we didn't have translation, he would just maybe just worship and not really get anything out of a message or a sermon or a preaching or a teaching. And, and this allows them to grow as a couple. And even just in this short time that they've been married, just to be able to see them grow and mature in Christ has been probably one of my favorite things um because that's why we do it that's why we give this service or that's why we provide this service that's why we offer it that's why we have it um whether one person uses it or 20 or half the church you know the goal is always to reach more people
so it is just amazing to be able to see how we are able to reach people that maybe would not walk into a Spanish service. Um, the advice I would give pastors looking to integrate interpreting into their churches is just start. Do it. It may not be perfect. It may not look the way you think it's going to look. But ask. There's so many churches out there that already do it. And I feel like our technology has advanced so much um, that it's we've been afforded the opportunity to make it a little bit easier for people to have translation. Um, but just ask. Ask the questions. Why do you do it? Who do you do it for? Um, study your demographic. I mean, here in Tucson, the need is English and Spanish. So that's that's the need. So we're a Spanish service with an English translation. So if you feel like there's a need, even if you feel like there's just one family, God is going to provide. God is going to give you the avenues, the creativity on how to do it. It doesn't take much, but it really impacts so many lives, so many families. And just take a leap of faith. Take a leap of faith. Ask the questions. Do the research and just start doing it. Um, get connected to other um, interpreters, other people that interpret and really just ask them how, why, and maybe have trainings for your um, interpreters because it is a different um, ball game when you're interpreting in the church. It's different language, different um, lingo have you. Uh, so it is great to have people that you can ask, people that you can turn to, and knowledge is power. So I just feel like it's such a great tool to have and to be able to offer to our churches, to our community, to our family in Christ, that it is worth the investment of the time and building the team. So I would say just do it, go for it, and um, enjoy it. Find people that enjoy it because really it's it's about relationship with your pastor it's about relationship with and knowing your pastor's heart i think always really benefits the interpreter because when you're translating for them it just makes it that much more heartfelt so um i hope that that is like the best advice i can give you as far as like just connect 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 with your pastor Here's a very quick, quick tip this week. If you're working with an interpreter, it's always useful to give them your sermon notes beforehand because they have to prepare to interpret just like you have to prepare to preach. So give them your notes as early as you can and you'll see better results. Thank you for listening to the Church Interpreting Podcast, co-hosted by Jonathan Downey and Lauren Albiso. To learn more about Church Interpreting, please go to churchinterpreting.com. See you next month.